you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Joel Lulovich. And Lucy Dickens. Thanks for tuning back into the Juggle Podcast. Now, over the last few I was going to say months, but probably more like years now, you have heard us talk about our sponsor, Law CPD. They are the ones who offer those premium CPD courses online that you can access anywhere. Well, today we're joined by co-founder of that business, who is Sarah. Sarah started Law CPD after noticing the lack of easily accessible professional development training for lawyers and has grown it from a small WA startup to a national business providing online training for thousands of lawyers in Australia. Earlier this year, Sarah had her first child right in the middle of the biggest and busiest time of the year for her business, and hence why she's a guest on our show today, because she's here to talk to us about her juggle and what it's like running a business, having a child, and not only that, but also running that business with her husband, which throws in a bit of an added complication that we haven't heard about on the show before. So if you've put two and two together, you'll have realized that Sarah, through Law CPD, has been supporting this podcast before she had children herself and that's because she is a big believer in flexible work and in supporting women and families at work and so throughout the interview you'll hear her experience as a new parent but also how that has shaped her attitude towards working parents and what kinds of things she's going to do differently in her business now that she's seen things from the other side. I love this interview. Sarah was really open, shared a lot with us, um, which is always so good when people are, are happy to be open and honest. But I particularly took away, and I know you liked this too, because we, we talked about it in the interview, this idea around fluidity of arrangements after mm. you have children and you return to work. You know, we keep using the word flexible, but Sarah was like, oh no, it's about being fluid, not just flexible. And I thought that's so true because it is constantly changing. Absolutely. So enjoy the interview. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. It's so nice to have you on the show after doing business with you for the last couple of years and to be able to share your story. Yeah, like I was saying before, it's weird to be on the other end. It's okay. We don't bite. We'll, we'll, keep, it, we'll keep it friendly for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> so where are you working from today, Sarah? I'm working from my home today. And is this a normal thing now? Yeah, so at the moment, my husband and I, because we run a business together, we're splitting days working from the office and working from home with a babysitter. And so far, that's working. So when you say you're splitting it, does that mean you're splitting who has the baby as well? Yes, that's right. Uh We do like a split fortnight. So one week, I'll do three days in the office and my husband will do two. And the other week, he will do three days in the office and I will do two. So Liam's always at home with whoever's at home. Except on Fridays, that's the day we bring him into the office for meetings oh. with the staff and stuff, yeah. and they like having him there too. <laughs> Usually, he was a bit disruptive last Friday. <laughs> and is this the way that you intended things to start off, or did you kind of get to this point? We thought originally back in the days before we had a baby and had no idea what we were doing, that by this point we would be able to leave him at home all day alone with someone 
and that would be fine. We thought by six months that that would be what we were doing and that we'd both go into the office together some days. But as it turns out, that is not always how children work. So in in Liam's (laughs) case, he was a bit iffy on taking a bottle for quite a while. So we ended up taking him to the office quite a bit with us in the beginning. And then now we're able to split it between us because he's better at taking the bottle. That's actually something I hadn't thought about when I, I know you took Liam to the office, but I hadn't thought to myself that there's two parents there to care for him, yeah, not just one. So that's got to be a bonus because when I did that with Lily and Harry, obviously they were there with me, but there was just me. So if you had both you and your husband, there's two of you there. Between the two of you, you can manage that and a little bit of work, I guess. Do you <laughs> do the same job? Are you job sharing as well or are you just splitting the time in the office? We're just splitting the time because we have quite different skills. So my husband's got an accounting background and I'm a lawyer. Basically, we just take in turns doing our jobs while one of us is the primary person responsible for the baby, for Liam. I don't know how I would do it if it was just me in the office looking after him Full points, Lucy. I have no idea how I would do that. He's always talking to me and wanting something. Oh, no, that's not what I was getting at at all. I was getting at, that's cool. How nice to have a spare pair of hands. But if you needed to or you wanted to, you would absolutely be able to. That's the answer to that question. I think that's interesting, this idea of having um, two parents in the office, because I find that when there's two parents at home and you're supposedly splitting the care at home, there's still an assumption And often you're both making the assumption that the other person will be doing the caring. So, you know, I might be doing a task that I really want to get done that I think is important. And my husband equally might be doing a task that he thinks is important or just wants to get done. So then the kids need stuff and it's that question of, well, who do they go to and where should they go? That's why I really liked the um, idea that a few women in our community have suggested, which is that there's always a designated person. Whether you like mm. that tag primary caregiver or not, the idea that there's always someone that they know to go to on that particular day or hour or wherever it is. Is that what you do at work? Yeah, um, and at home. It's the only way it's workable. So we'll always say, okay, I'm going to be primarily responsible for Liam now. And then you go do your stuff and then the other people swap over. So we'll even say between these hours and these hours, this is what we're going to do. Cool. Otherwise, we just don't get stuff done. Yeah. So then anything you get done while you're looking after Liam is a bonus, but it's a nice to have rather than essential. Yeah. So both parents have transitioned to part-time working arrangements effectively. How have your, given that it's your own business, how have your workloads changed given that your available time has changed? Yeah, unfortunately, the workload has not diminished as much as we would like. Um, When I was going on maternity leave, we had a member of staff who I'd trained up to take on some of my role. Unfortunately, she became sick and had to leave the business. So that meant that the work came back to me. Um, So basically, we've just been um, juggling the same amount of work with less time, which just means you prioritise more aggressively and some things don't get done. And it's a bit of a pain because when that's your own business, you're always like, oh, if we'd just done that, if we followed up on that opportunity, it would have been so much better. But you have to be realistic as well. Do you find that is making you actually more efficient and productive because you have to be more aggressive and ruthless about your priorities? A lot of the time, yeah, it's definitely helpful. But other times, because you're so sleep deprived, you just kind of <laughs> drift from one thing to the next and who knows what you get done. It's sort of accidentally work gets done. But yeah, most of the time it's been really good. And since we had Liam and we've started doing our split shift in the office, we've both been using time tracking software, which is something we never did before we had a baby. And that allows us to make sure we're spending our time on the right things at work as well. 
Oh, that's really interesting. What have you found when you've reviewed those? I was inadvertently doing a bit more of the domestic duties around the office than I should have been. So for example, emptying the dishwasher or cleaning the coffee machines. We have a fancy coffee machine that everybody loves. I took note of that and went, right, I need to make sure that I'm not the only one doing that all the time. Uh, so we've got a roster now that people use to keep up with that stuff and it's split between all of the staff. But it's challenging when you look back at that stuff and go, oh yeah, why, why was I doing that then when I could have been doing those phone calls or whatever else? I found similar things when I returned to work after having my children as well, that my focus had shifted and I didn't have patience anymore for things that I felt weren't going to be the best use of my time, basically. Yeah, for sure. I completely relate to that. Although it's very hard because when you're managing people and we've got a small team, like we're not a big team, but including myself and my husband, there's seven of us and it's variable as to who's in the office on any given day. So, and because I'm not in the office every day, people will often want to have a chat and let me know how they're going and what work they've yeah. been up to. So on top of the work that you're trying to get done, there's also all of the, um, the looking after people side of things. Mm -hmm. And I realise that having a business and having a baby is quite different and having staff and having a baby is quite different, but you do need to like provide the nurturing time for the staff yeah. as well. You can't just be like, get on with your work and don't talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, because <laughs> otherwise you'll probably find that you've got none left. Yes, I think they would be very upset and rightly so. All of these challenges around running a business and having a baby, were a lot of these things on your mind before you had the baby? And is this why you took, I mean, I'm not making any comments around how long you've taken, but is this why you've waited till now? And did you still have concerns about doing it now? Absolutely. Yes to all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm a quite a bit older. I'm 37. So I was 37 when I had Liam. And yeah. yeah, I definitely, part of the reason why we waited is because we just had no idea how we would manage having a business and a baby yeah. at the same time. But I mean, there's no good time to do this stuff. So if you decide that's what you want to do with your life, you just have to kind of go out and do it and see what happens. Yeah. We also did quite a bit of traveling when we were younger as well. And um, yeah, I haven't travelled with Liam yet, but I can only imagine that it's a lot more challenging than travelling just the two of you. So. Well, you just travelled on your own because we had the fortune of catching up with you in New South Wales yeah. at the beautiful club retreat. And we got to ask you, how did it feel? Because you were travelling on your yeah. own without your baby. So how do you feel post having done all of that and come home? Yeah, travelling on your own after you've had a baby if you can, probably wait until they've stopped breastfeeding. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if this is too much information or not, but in my case, it basically meant that I was pumping every three hours mm. and it meant pumping on the aeroplane in both directions because it's yeah. a long haul flight from Perth to Sydney. Did you do that in your seat or in the bathrooms? Because I've heard women talk about both. Sorry, maybe that's too much information. No, no, I did it in the bathroom and it was really frustrating because I actually asked if I could use one of the toilets in business class so I wasn't yeah. banking up all the passengers in economy and they declined and the queue was about 25 people long by the time I got out. So it was, I felt terrible, but the, I explained to the people in the queue, I'm really sorry, I had no choice and they were like, yeah, that's okay. They were very understanding. Oh, and that was very kind of you to even explain yeah, I just felt really bad for them because you don't really want to be waiting 10 minutes in the toilet when you... <laughs> you should have put a sign on the door. 
recognize you you were the one who was in there for 20 minutes 30 Uh, minutes however long it was I tried to do a short pumping session but yeah it was really annoying so I mean if I did it again I'd probably try to wait until after I'd finished breastfeeding but yeah you know it's really difficult and at the conference I was really bummed out because I had to keep ducking out during sessions to go and pump so I kept missing out on all these people speaking (laughs) we should have had you down in the podcast booth at the back so you could still hear what was going on I've done conference calls before while I've been expressing this was oh, yeah. with Lily because I haven't bothered this time. And the lady on the other side of the phone call, she said to me, can I just ask you, are you, are you expressing? I was like, yeah, how can you hear that? Because I thought she wouldn't be able to hear this. And she's like, I can hear that. And I thought it was so funny. She's like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that too. You just have to keep going, don't you? I've got to tell the truth. I did do phone calls from my room. <laughs> while I was yeah. pumping at the conference as well. Yeah. So I'm like, efficient use of time. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. But generally I was um, right. returning like work-related calls where people knew I would be doing that. So, yeah. Or you just put the radio on in the background so it disguises all the sounds, right? That's a really good idea. Thank you. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> or the TV. This is, this is my first time around, so I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> Oh, we've all got a lot to learn. It doesn't matter how many you've had. Every single baby, there's more to learn. Oh, terrifying. Just to put you off, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So with with all of this stuff that's going on, oh, actually, before I moved on, the travel on your own, how did you feel about it? Conflicted because I knew I was the best person to go from my work, from my team, and so I knew that was the right decision from a work perspective. And I knew that I'd spent literally the last three weeks before the conference pumping like a maniac so that Liam would have all the breast milk he needed while I was away. (laughs) And I knew that my husband would be fine looking after him because he'd already been looking after him on the days where I was in the office. So I knew it would be okay. I did feel a bit hesitant about the nights though because um, Mm. Liam tends to feed for a long time at night for comfort as well as for food and Mm. I was a little bit concerned about whether he would adjust okay. Mm. And did he? Yeah he did actually he was fine the first time my husband had to heat up a bottle he cried and fussed and carried on and then the second time as soon as he saw my husband put the bottle in the bottle warmer he stopped crying it was amazing so he he learned very quickly. quickly so yeah it all turned out fine he was very happy in fact he slept so much better when I was away. <laughs> it was terrible. Before I left, he was up every hour. And then as soon as I go away, he's sleeping for like three or four hours at a time. And I'm just like, oh, no. That's so interesting. Is he co-sleeping with you? No, he sleeps in a cot. But I just don't know what's going on there. But it was very funny. And he also took much better naps during the day. He usually only does very short naps. And he was doing these epically long naps so much so that my husband was going and checking on him saying, you still breathing? (laughs) I've read though that sometimes if they know that you're not there, Mm -hmm. they just, they wait for you to come home. What's he like now you're home? Has Um, he carried on with the long naps and long sleeping or is he waking again? He's mixed. So Mm -hmm. some nights he's waking all the time, probably because he's teething. And other nights he's doing three or four hours in a block. He's a very unpredictable child, not unlike his parents. (laughs) Aren't they all? (laughs) Yes. It reminds me of the the old adage that, you know, kids are better for their dads or Mm. I use that as the, you know, stereotypical. They'll play up for their mums or they'll whatever for their mums. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but that Mm. maybe it starts all the way from back then. Yeah, or it could have just been his 
teeth were feeling better that weekend. Maybe, maybe. So are you prepared to go and do this travel again then, Sarah, I suppose is the ultimate question. Yeah, I'd probably get a sign for the toilet door this time, like (laughs) on the (laughs) aeroplane. This episode is brought to you by us, Managing the Juggle. We want to ensure more women feel like they're living the dream of a successful career and a fulfilling family life. If this message resonates with you, then get in touch to find out how we can be booked to speak at your next event or conference or in-house with your organisation. For more information, visit our website and go to the link www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash speak. And so what do you think now that you've added a, a child to the mix? Does it, has it changed the, the goals that you have for the business or has it kind of cemented ideas that you had? We've still got the same goals. We just have to be realistic about the time frame in which we execute them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a perfect explanation. Yeah, I don't think much has changed. Yeah. We really do just, we do have a very clear vision for where we want the business to go. It's just a question of how to fit it all in around everything else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and there are always so many different things to fit in. So how are you managing to fit it in without it all kind of going over the top of each other, you know, using that beautiful word that we all come up with, boundaries? Do you have any? Between home and work, no. (laughs) With my husband and I sharing home duties and work duties, yes, we do pretty well with that. We're good at taking in turns. So even to the point where if someone's making dinner and... Liam wakes up like let's say I'm making dinner and but he wakes up and needs to be fed I can go and feed him my husband will continue doing dinner or you know in other situations if I'm needing to do something particular with work and he wakes up my husband will stop what he's doing go and get Liam you know we'll just try really hard to be explicit about who needs the time to do what the work in progress Mm. do you think it helps then that you work together you know what the priorities are because you, you effectively they're the same priorities although different workloads Yeah, for sure. It does help. And it also helps from a perspective of um, because we've run the business together for about a bit over 10 years now, it helps because all that time we've had to work as a team for a Mm. common goal with the business. And now we're just doing that multiplied by however many you count for a child. (laughs) But I mean, it's the same sort of principles is you, you work together and you split your time and support each other to reach a common goal. And it's the same with the kid is you are both focused on the same thing, which is what's best for the kid. And you just have to try and work out who's the best person at a given time to be doing different things. It takes a lot of energy, doesn't it, to put in the kind of effort to make that happen? Yes, a huge amount of Mm. mental energy. was really interesting, the episodes you had on the mental load. Mm. And I also recently listened to the um, Men at Work, um, Annabelle Crabb. Yeah, that was a great, great one. It was really good. But it was very interesting because... In our house, we're forced to split things because otherwise the business wouldn't do very well. So, for example, my husband manages all of the food and cooking side, the mental load part, even if I help with preparing food, um, and I'll do big chunks of other stuff, like I'll do all the exciting things like laundry, making sure we have clothes. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we try to have areas that we're responsible for, but we'll help each other out. Yeah, it's interesting. What have you done, aside from the fact that you're sharing it so much between the two of you, and you've mentioned that having a babysitter at home when you're doing work from home, have you found that you've needed to build in other types of support or, you know, you, and where are you getting that from? Is it is it friends, paid support, something at work? 
Yeah, so the way we look after Liam at home is a combination of grandparents. So my parents are great. They, they each come over one day a week, part of a day and help out and also get a babysitter. And then sometimes it'll just be myself or my husband at home looking after Liam on our own. But at the moment, we're trying to do the equivalent of about four days a week of work each. So it's very tricky trying to squeeze that into different days of the week. Mm. So all the support that you're getting is dedicated to someone caring for Liam so that you can work as opposed to someone doing other things. We did hire a cleaner a couple of weeks ago (laughs) for the first time in our lives. And yeah, I think that's the main thing that we've done. Mm. And sometimes we'll get HelloFresh, but to be honest, we find it easier to bulk cook. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get that with HelloFresh, do you? You get quite small portions. They just come prepackaged so you don't have to think about what you're going to cook. Although I think that is quite a bonus because sometimes it's it's that mental energy of thinking about what we're going to have. What's for dinner? That's the hard bit. For sure. I wanted to ask all of this experience, what has this got you thinking about, if at all, around how you would do things differently at your workplace for all of your staff, you know, in terms of the workplace that you want to create? And, you know, I think most of us are um, wanting to provide great places for work, especially us newer business owners, younger generation, particularly, dare I say it, women-led businesses. I think we're thinking about some of these things a little bit more. But having now actually gone through it yourself and seen the challenges that come from trying to parent and work, has it given you any insight or or thoughts, not necessarily concrete plans, but things that you might like to, to try? Yeah, for sure one of my staff will be taking maternity leave next year. So I'm very focused on how we can do this well. So it's good. You've just had a practice run. Yes. Yes. A practice run at the busiest time of our year, which is really great. No, it's all good. Um, So what I've focused on as part of what could make that a better experience for an employee is the difference between someone who's running a business and someone who's an employee in a business means that if you run a business, you're available 24-7. If you're an employee, there need to be better boundaries. Mm. So I would firstly make it clear to the employee that I wouldn't want to see them for the first six weeks. I think that's a non-negotiable. If they wish to visit the office using their, um, what are they called? Those Keeping in touch Keeping days. in touch. Keeping in touch. Thank yeah. you. I'm not an employment lawyer, so I'm, this is all very new <laughs> to me. So um, if they want to use their keeping in touch days between six weeks and six months, that's absolutely fine. If they want to take less time off than six months, that's fine. But my recommendation would be no less than three months off because really that's how long you need to just kind of try to settle in and get your brain in order. So, yeah, from an ideal perspective, that's what I would be doing. And from the three months, if they did want to come back at that point, I'd be strongly recommending, if not insisting, that it was only part-time initially Mm -hmm. because the shock of leaving your baby behind if you've been with them full-time might be a bit rough on some Mm. people. But then again, everyone's different and you can't really Mm. predict. Like you just have to talk to people as they go through. And basically my plan is that we write down a plan, we work out what we think is going to be best, and then we agree we can change it later if we need to because you don't really know until the baby gets there. Yes, absolutely. You can just do your best and, you know, God forbid if there was any medical complications you'd obviously need to allow for more time off. So Mm. is that true? One of the interesting things I read the other day was around a comment 
which is not surprising, but along the lines of we make all this fuss around what to do when we're going off on leave and when we have the baby, but people forget the fact that that baby is then there for the rest of that person's life mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they are therefore going to need to be engaging, generally speaking, in some kind of flexible arrangement from time to time or sick leave or carer's leave or whatever it might be for a long time to come. Absolutely. And I think this is why we see a stage return to work as something we'd like to try with any employee that took that time off, because we think that would give them the best opportunity to adjust to whatever caring arrangements they're using at home and how they feel about being away, if they were deciding to breastfeed, how they felt about pumping or whether that was something they were able to do. If they're giving the baby formula, whether they adjust okay to that, there can be issues there. It's just this massive list of things that you just don't know and you just have to kind of be flexible about. I think that's probably what makes it really hard for business owners is that, Mm. um, you know, and coming up with a a good flexible work arrangement is that it really isn't just flexible, it's fluid. And that can be really tough for a lot of people. In our case, we have a lot of trust in our team members. So we don't have any hesitations about trying to facilitate them to work in the best way possible, whether that's from their home or whether it's from the office. We know that they'll get the job done. And it also helps that their job roles are very clear. It's an interesting way of thinking about it, not just flexible, but fluid. Yeah. Because it's a challenge for business owners and also for families or for partners who are having their first child, because being told, oh, you won't really know till you're in it, or you, you, know, you can kind of prepare, but you can't really prepare, it's actually really quite hard from both mm. perspectives, both from the employer and from the people who are about to become new parents. Yeah, absolutely. So after all this, have you found a mantra in how to deal with managing <laughs> this juggle of child and business? Oh, it's cliche, but at the moment I'd say it's just keep swimming because every day is different and you just have to do the best you can. Every, every night I write a to-do list for the next day and I have my must happen and my should happen. And Mm. that's how I get through. Being organised helps, doesn't it? I like that. Simple, must happen, should happen. Yeah, the the should happen list is always very, very long. (laughs) It's okay, but it's not on the must. It's only once it gets onto the must. Yeah, that's right. Stick to three three things or something on your list. And if you had just one piece of advice that you could give to women who are managing the juggle, what would it be? One. Yeah. -hmm. People always say that. Yes, yes, just one. Just your favourite. I'd say this one's a difficult one, but try to be gentle with yourself Mm. because you will make mistakes and it's much better to see them as learning experiences than to condemn yourself and be really tough on yourself. Just Mm. try to be kind to yourself and know that everyone's going through that as well. That's the thing, Mm. isn't it, that everyone's going through it as well. Like none of us pre-programmed with how to look after a baby or taught it at school or taught it at university. And all the babies are different too. So it's a really important thing to remember. For sure. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. No worries. What an awesome interview. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening in today. It's nice for us and probably for you as well to hear a bit more of the human, the personal story behind the people who you often hear about who are as sponsors. So hope you enjoyed that little twist as well. And that's all from us today. If you enjoyed the episode, then please subscribe and leave us a rating and review to let us know what you think and also to help other people find the show. Find all our links at thejuggle.com.au. See you next time. Happy juggling.